millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Phil Tufnell joined us with England doing so well in the ashes. Um, he'd done the night shift watching it all uh, unfold but uh, he told us about his new book he was on good Ninth form book Paul yeah I know amazing um, we also chatted to Mark Steele the comedian uh, who is uh, his new audio book is on Audible today and if you don't know Mark's personal story it is quite amazing and so uh, we brought you that uh, we also had a chat with a barber from Leeds who had quite the find didn't he in a junk shop he did he did indeed. And, and we had a birthday spread. Birthday spread. It was a lovely show, Paul. It was. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Paul. Um, it was my uh, wedding anniversary yesterday. Oh, not congratulations. Just my, mine and my wife's, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, just, <laughs> not to me on my own. You don't <laughs> like to make it a sort of couple's thing. No. <laughs> I just like to I, be like, a, I just like to I like a nice solitary <laughs> wedding a bit of alone time. Yeah, you know. Just look just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Starts so, went fishing on my own. No, I didn't. <laughs> I I uh, uh but I did do a very very um romantic I thought it was. Paul. Oh, okay. You know, nice. a very romantic Instagram post. Yeah. Oh, I'm on Instagram if anyone wants to see it. Yeah. Um, Charlie Baker comedian. Um where I talk I love my wife very much, Paul. You sound like Tyson Fury. And, and uh, I love, I love, my, you, my I love you, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one to fall in love. Yeah, no, and, uh, American Pike, do the lot. Uh, wrote all about her and I love her very much. Um, yeah. And But in it as well, yeah. we've been married 19 years, Paul. Wow. And uh, my favourite ever footballer over the last few years, especially, is uh, Jamie Reid, the Torquay United, now Stevenage striker, yeah. um, who played number 19. So I added him in, Paul, in, okay. into my love message to my wife. <laughs> Okay. I added him in. Uh, happy at Jamie Reid, Talk United shirt, 19 years uh, wedding right. anniversary. Okay. So, you know, you have diamond weddings and... So this is the Jamie Reid? This is the Jamie Reid, which apparently wasn't very romantic. <laughs> it does kind of... It sounded, it sort of she hint. thought it sounded a bit like I was in love with Jamie Reid. Well... And I'd... <laughs> oh, 03717... <laughs> So what I'm looking for today is people's non-romantic things they've done in the name of football, mainly, you know. Okay. That's Charlie's choice for today. (laughs) Non-romantic things they've done in the name name of football, football. you know. If you thought it was romantic, taking someone on a first date to Macclesfield away or something, you know. Years and years ago, Andy and I were doing the show, and this guy, we wondered about the lengths you've gone to for your football team. Yeah. And this guy called us up. 
and um, he, he his um, girlfriend had won a trip to Vegas. Oh, lovely! It was uh, five days in Vegas, all expensive paid. And um, he, after about, I mean, you know, I've been to Vegas a couple of times, and I do find after about three days, I'm climbing up the walls. I don't know how Gareth does it; he lives half his life oh, here because yeah. of the world of boxing. Never tells us what's happened there, but so yeah, <laughs> well, it's, that's true. <laughs> but I think yeah, there is some kind of he has some sort of. Uh, Thing that he says, rule that, on that. yeah, rule yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, after so this obviously was the case, and he's there, and the feeling was that they were going to go to the chapel and do the Elvis thing, probably get married. Lovely. That was their understanding. Mm. And he said, after three days, I, I was looking at the fixtures, and he thought, <laughs> Air United are at, at home, and he thought, if I get if I get to the airport in the next, if I book the flight and I get there in the yeah. next four hours, I'll make it back for kickoff. Lovely, lovely. So. Uh, he did. He said, to her, "Look, oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, but I, I'm not having this place. I'm bored. I want to get back for kickoff, so I'm getting the flight back." And, um, so flew back Air for United. Air United. And unsurprised, I, so I think we did ask the question: Was that the end of the relationship? And he said, "Oh yeah, yeah that was. was it. That oh, was it. Yeah, yeah, there was no way back after that." There we are, leaving her in Vegas. He, he, he said, "I did give her the option to come back, but she seemed keen to stay. I don't know if she stayed forever." Who but, knows? Uh, there we are. Air United has that sort of pull. So I was pull. able to weigh in with the story on your call subject, which I knew nothing about. Exactly, so there we are. you can also so. weigh in on that, talksport.com forward slash, uh, forward slash H&J. You can text to 81089 or you can tweet to TSH&J this afternoon. Um, anything else, Charlie, or not? I, I, I watched, we watched uh, Elf last night for the first time with my um, six-year-old daughter. Oh, and fantastic. I thought it was, she was, was going to completely go over her head, Paul, because we tried it a couple of years ago with Airplane with my son. Right. Wasn't he, into he it. He didn't Garrow was in about 13. He, he, about 13. They just... It was slow, felt some of it... That, you slow? Know, yeah, felt really? slow. <laughs> wow. felt, felt some of it was a bit, you know, a bit old-fashioned. Wow, yeah. You know, so it's a bit of a shame because it's a brilliant film, it? didn't it? do but, yeah. it for him. But Elf... Hit the spot completely. Yeah. She absolutely loved it. Absolutely. So I can highly recommend watching Elf for the first time. You sort of see it for the first time, don't yeah. you? When you when you watch it with your I, little I, ones. I wasn't. We were we were looking hunting for Christmas films once when my mother in law was around years and years ago, and um, we thought I'd, I'd not seen Bad Bad Santa and knew very little oh. about it. <laughs> so about oh no, about fifteen minutes in, we realised this probably wasn't. This wasn't her film. Did you see it out or did you just go um, quiet? I, I can't think. She either fell asleep, uh, started doing a crossword, went in the other room. I saw it out. I love it. Yeah, I watched it, great, it a, yeah. a good few times since. Film. But we realised probably wasn't her thing about 15 <laughs> minutes in. So anyway, um, you can weigh in on that as well, really. Yeah. What are you looking for? Are you going to go this Christmas? Is it the first time for the kids, for someone in the family, you're going to say, this is it, I'm going to get them on site. And yeah. there is a crushing disappointment when they don't like it. Yeah. When they're quite... Well, if you, if you take it. your child too early to the football, yeah, like when they're too young, they just don't. Yeah, you know. No, I took I took my daughter when she was about four to yeah. see Oxford United v Coventry. Oxford scored. See, there's people in their thirties who don't want to watch <laughs> no. that. Oxford scored, and she went, "Great, can we go home now?" Yeah, yeah. she thought that's why everyone was cheering because it meant you get to go home. So yeah, yeah. It's too too young. You got to leave it. You got to leave it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Phil Tufnell is back in print. Good stuff. Uh, with his uh, new book, How Not to Be a Cricketer. And uh, yeah. he joins us now. Good afternoon, Tuffers. Good afternoon, chaps. How are we? Very well, thank you, Seasoned Phil. author you're becoming these. How many books is this now? 
Well, I think it must be eight or nine. What be, mate. Yes. Like Agatha Christie. Yes, I, I found one, <laughs> yeah, I found, I, I found this one very enjoyable and pretty easy to do, as the title sort of explains how not to be a <laughs> I had a pretty good go at that for for about 20-odd years. And I, I must just apologise, actually, lads, oh. if, if, if I'm not quite with it, because I've been doing the night shift with yes, TMS sure, yeah. back here in the UK, and, and I've got to be honest, it's been a bit of a tough watch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we will come on to that. Uh, very <laughs> shortly, but it's a lot of fun. The book, uh, Phil, it's some some great old stories. There's some serious stuff in there as well, but it's yeah. it's kind of covers your career from broadly a sort of light-hearted angle. Different chapters, how not to uh, you go through different ones, don't you? How not to uh, yeah, how not to keep your head down is one yeah. example of it. It's how not to play for England, but uh, it's a, you know you, you you're too modest, really. You had a, you had a great career, and there's some good stories from it. I think in the book. Yeah, well, it, it, when, when I decided to do it, I was sort of like, because there are a few pitfalls in being a professional sportsman or woman. And um, and I managed to sort of like find every single one of them and run headlock <laughs> and, and run headlong into them. But somehow after a 20 year career, I, I managed to come through the other side relatively unscathed. And so um, I decided to jot it down. You're right. There's even a little bit of, of advice in there yeah. as well. Who knew? So uh, it was it was great fun to do and and to relive and look back at the career and some of the scrapes you used to get yourself into uh, was great fun. Of course, nowadays, you know, everything is so sanitized isn't it you know yeah. you've got your sports coach you've got your you know your you know your your strength and conditioning guy your, the bloke who tells you what to eat and everything we just used to get on the plane and off we go so um it's about also uh, what i enjoyed doing as well it's about how how do you get the best out of yourself mm. you know especially when you're a young fella in the sporting sort of arena it can be a tricky task you know because there's a lot of pressure on you and what have you so i just sort of like looked into that a little bit I'm just recalling a story because you regularly come and see myself and Andy in, uh, in the afternoons here in the in the old Talk Sports studios, often fresh from uh, training with Middlesex. And I remember you coming in <laughs> once, and uh, you just had early days of pre-season training, and it was everybody took it in turns to organise lunch, and most people would turn up with a little bit of ham, a bit of salad, because the boys had mm. to sort of net in the afternoon, yeah. and you went in with uh, double haddock and chips for everybody. <laughs> and they're all slightly weighed down. No one could move everybody was falling asleep yeah we all we all needed a little snooze after that it was quite handy actually but uh, if you say they were great days well and if, of course we, we, we're talking about nancy's lunches at lord's i mean incredible to think that you'd have about 15 lamb cutlets yeah. chips and peas followed by a spotted dick and then all be expected to go out and field after it no one could move yeah. that was just gap of course well, no, actually, that's right. i've got a lot to thank that man for. It, was, uh, it was a it was a lovely lovely time but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was great fun, just as you say, to relive some of those stories and some of those scrapes, some of the tours as well, and yeah. you know, and the captains that you played under. And you were mentioning it there, how to keep your head down. Mm. Uh, on one of the uh, chapters, it's just I always seem to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hadn't necessarily sort of um, you know particularly done anything particularly wrong, but then it was always I can always remember just sort of when David Gower clipped that one at Adelaide just before lunch. Do you remember that and got caught out? Yeah. By uh, yeah, and then, you know, mm. everyone had cleaned out the dressing room, apart from me who was having a shower, and then I sort of I walked straight into this sort of like, 
you know, this sort of row between Gower and Gooch, and it was sort of like, and you've and, and you've got a lot to answer for as well, Tufnell. You know what I mean? I was just like, Hold on, I've just come out of the shower. You know, I, I was always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mark's been in touch. He said the live stage player, t- the title of Tuffer's new book, is being acted out in Brisbane at the moment, which is, which is a bit <laughs> wow. harsh, Mark. But the the thing is, you must have felt for Jack Leach yesterday. You've been there. You've oh. you've you know you've been put to the sword. But we were looking up. You had a north yeah. for seventy two, didn't you, in Brisbane? Mm. It's, it's tough, yeah. but it's not happening uh, for a spinner. It, it's, it's a bit green for a spinner, isn't it? It's as well? tough, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'll I, I make you right. I, I think he was thrown a little bit of a hospital pass there by the selectors, to be honest with mm. you. You know, he hasn't played a lot of cricket. He hasn't played a home test match in the last two years. He hasn't played a lot of red ball cricket. And then he gets thrown the ball on a green top. Um you know, overcast skies, four left-handers out of the top seven, mm. and sort of like, good luck, Jack, off you go. Stuart yeah. Broad, of course, averages 26 at Brisbane, and he's sat there playing Xbox, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I did feel it. I did feel for him a little bit, but uh, he's, a, he's a phlegmatic kind of character, uh, Jack, and I'm sorry he'll brush himself off and dust himself off uh, and go again. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a, a chastening day for the guys. I think the guys bowled pretty well. Yeah. I think they were quite unlucky. Yeah. But when you go to Australia, you've got to take every chance. You've mm. got to make every right decision. You've got to call every toss right. You've got to do all these kind of things, let alone play the cricket of your life. And it just hasn't happened for him in Brisbane. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, the Burns drop was bad. Uh, mm. the yeah. No ball from Ben Stokes as well. Get, yeah. To get Warner, uh, that, that, was, that was a real blow. Um, what can yeah. you do, though, as a spinner? And when you're in that situation, when you're being deliberately targeted, they obviously decided to go after yeah. him. I mean, yeah. what, what can you do? Well, you, you, you've, for a start off, you've got to keep strong and you've got to keep positive and you've got to keep applying your craft you know that's when you do own your stuff you've got to use your variations you've got to use your different kind of angles you've got to play with your field and try and make them hit you into areas that they don't want to uh, they don't want to be you know they don't want to be hitting you into and you know and you've just got to that's when you you earn your stripes a little bit as a spin bowler it's all very well and good turning up on these ones that are pitching leg stump and hitting the top of off. But you've then got to, you've got to pull the batsman around and make him do things that he doesn't want to do. It was just seemed a little bit too easy to, just to sort of like serve it up into the arc of the left-handers. And uh, listen, it is tough. It is tough, especially after the first day when the wheels came, you know, bounding off the car, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, but, you know, th- th- this is what Test cricket is all about. And Test cricket especially is like this down under. When you're going down there to try and wrestle the ashes back, it is hard work. There's a lovely bit in the book where you're running in to bowl um, against one of the cl- your classic uh, Australian batsmen and he's, he comes down the wicket and you say, you can't do that. And he says, I'll do what I like, sort of sends you back with a flea in your ear. And you say, it's like running into bowl against the Viking. He wants to just what? rip your head off and then chuck the ball down there in there. <laughs> Is that how it what? feels at times? You say, I don't it, want to bowl it, it, anymore. Can someone else bowl? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. But obviously you, you've got to get over that because yeah. you're in the side to do a little bit of bowling. But I mean, Matthew Hayden was, was like it, that. Matthew Hayden, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Great big bloke. He actually set off down the wicket as I was in my mid-run up. You know, he comes through and start walking down the wicket. I go, excuse me, I haven't bowled the ball yet. You know what I mean? He said, Listen, I can do what I like down this end. And so you've got to think to yourself, well, so can I. And yeah. you've got to look them in the eye and you've got to think to yourself, well, how am I going to, you know, get these guys out? Because, you know, they're in great form. The bat looks twice as big. The pitch is doing nothing. But as I said earlier, you know, that's when you've got to earn your stripes and that's test cricket for you. What can they do from here as a team? I mean, it's, I mean, they can look, they can try and get see off the, those final wickets very yep. quickly, but you know, it, it, it's very, very hard to make a, a, a case for it, isn't it? No, mounting the climb. Listen, there is a little bit of there is a little bit of cloud cover about. There might be a huge Brisbane storm, yes. so that's what you've got to keep in the back of your mind. And, <laughs> and I think also you, you've got to. Uh, there's been a severe lack of preparation. Crikey, I was listening to the guys saying they were walking around Brisbane to try and get some miles in the legs, the bowlers, things like this. So they've had no warm-up games. And so, you know, listen, you've got to go out there tomorrow and, and, and try and think to yourself that you can save this day game or get yourself in a position, you know, to perhaps put some pressure on Australia. Otherwise, you've got to use it as a net. Yeah, You've got yeah, to use sure. it as one of the best nets that you're going to have in your life with Pat coming steaming in, Hazelwood, Stark and Lyon, <laughs> and just get yourself some runs under your belt, form some partnerships and get something out of this test match. It was always going to be difficult, the gabatoire. You know, we've got a poor record there, but I want, you know, I want some boys to get some 50s, some 80s, perhaps the odd 100 there mm. as well, and take that on to Adelaide. That's all that you can do in this situation yeah. at the moment. That's, I mean, that, finally, that is a very good point. I tell you, Adam Gilchrist saying that in the commentary today, that the two best batting performances really for Australia, Warner aside, who batted pretty well, batted a lot of luck, Labashane and Head, both been playing yeah. shield cricket. They got their eye yeah, in over there yeah, in those yeah. conditions. And, and, and that showed, I think, that a lot of the Aussies are undercooked and certainly England are as well. They've had no, they've had no time to prepare, really. Yeah, no, it was amazing. It was it was amazing. I think Labuschagne left the ball beautifully. It, it, and it'll be a, it'll be a funny dressing room that England dressing room because, as you said, the seamers mm. I thought bowled magnificently. Yeah, yeah really. Without well. a lot of luck, and as you say, drop catches and everything. They must have gone past that outside edge of Davy Warner. If it wasn't one, you know, if it wasn't ten times, it was a hundred times. But them's the breaks, as they say. And and Labuschagne left the ball beautifully. And then I think Travis Head, you know, just as England were sort of, they got those two wickets in two balls and, they, and Australia weren't quite out of sight. He rode his luck and then decided to sort of have a bit of swing and got away with it. And I think he sort of smelled blood in the water and then just realised that that was the last effort, the last bit of energy from those seam bowlers and then just really climbed into the England attack. So it was a fantastic knock. And an innings that um, I'm sure Travis Head will remember for the rest of his life. You know, I think it was the third, third fastest, wasn't it, mm. uh, in Ashes history. But, uh, you know, those seamers will be sitting there going, well, listen, guys, you know, I mean, I think we've done all right there. On another day, we'd have had them bowled out for 220. And that's another thing that they've got to take forward to the next Test match. Well, how's your day, Pennant? Because you're working through... Oh, you always drop me sleep. I'm not going to have a sleep now, when you, Phil? A nocturnal well, creature. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, re I'm reclining in my bed as we speak. Oh, actually. Blimey, what a thought. Oh, I, feel, I feel a little bit like Hugh Hefner here. <laughs> but, uh, it's, um, 
uh, yes, I'm going to be uh, getting my head down and then uh, going again tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle for the boys. As it always is when you go down under, you know, it's why an Ashes series is so compelling. And it's always amazing how quickly. I mean, this has been four years in the making, you know, with preparation and backroom staff and everything. And then within the space of a flip of a coin and a a couple of drop catches, all the wheels come come off. It's, uh, It's amazing. Good to talk to you, Phil. Best of luck in the book. All the best. Thanks, guys. All the best. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, Charlie, I know you do the odd corporate. Oh, yeah, now and Um, again. And I'm surprised... I'll die anywhere. I'm surprised you didn't get this one, the World Cider Awards. Oh. Yeah, what about that? Lovely stuff. St. Ives Cider. Uh, won well, top prize at the World they? Cider Awards. I don't know if it's a, a big glitzy night. Wow, wait. Where, where was it held? Did it say, Paul? Uh, it's a 90s trend for returning Cornish. It doesn't say where, where I'll look it up. Saint oh, I- thank you, Paul. St. Ives Cider, was it? I've uh, got a very yeah. rude cider joke. I can't tell on air, Paul. Oh, it's okay. a shame, isn't it? <laughs> Fair I'll, t- I'll tell you off air, of course, but I can't. can't tell it. St. Ives Cider. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought that'd be sort of rustic enough. Um, really? for, for me, there's the cider bar in Newton Abbott, Paul, where I grew up. They have. Um, they have about, they, only, they used to have a landlord, mm. and he wouldn't sell women pints. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it wasn't ladylike. No, no, not because it wasn't ladylike. Right. He was scared what it'd do to him. He wouldn't sell. <laughs> he wouldn't. <laughs> this serve wasn't. Them he pints. wouldn't serve him pints. Cider bar, Newton Abbott, um, and it'd be the sort of he used to let you in if you were sort of looked. If you looked sixteen, <laughs> you could get in okay. basically. But he, he famously wouldn't say he had big mutton chops. Oh really? Massive big mutton. The landlord proper like like a yeah. bloke off a side of glass. <laughs> he was <laughs> yeah. like a bloke off an advert. Yeah. Like you, if you, I said to you, uh, draw, draw me a, a cider of a, drinker. Yeah. He looked like that anyway. Ruddy, he, was he ruddy? Ru- he was ruddy, had big mutton chops. Yeah. He always wore like a check shirt and a, a waistcoat, you know, and he was like, yeah. oh, come on, he was proper Devonshire. <laughs> like, yeah. No, won't serve the, no, no points for a you. A bit like Al Murray. Was yeah. It? Yeah, no, got but, some but, white but, one for the lady. Would not say, because he was just, cause, but this was like cider that was like a pound a pint and it, it was rough. Was probably it? had bits of horse floating in it, that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> you know. That's, I've looked it up, Charlie. It, looks oh, yeah. like they don't, it doesn't look like they have a big glitzy evening, oh. so it doesn't look like you've been turned over. Oh, there we are. I've got no pictures of people in uh, dicky bows holding up awards on their website. Pints of cider there. Yeah. So Best anyway, pound of pint cider of the year. If they do have a glitzy night, hopefully they're listening and you can issue a come and get me plea. Yeah. Uh, there we are. Diesel, it was on. called the, be- the pound of pint cider. Diesel. Oh, it was a bit of diesel. Pint of diesel, please, barman. Nope. Yes, <laughs> absolutely not. There we are. <laughs> uh, now you've been telling us this afternoon, Charlie. Uh, it was his wedding anniversary yesterday, and uh, he copied in um, Jamie Reed, yeah. who wears nine. It was nineteen years for him, man yeah. and boy, and he and he copied in Jamie Reed, the number yeah. nineteen for Torquay. Used to be nineteen for Torquay. He's now he's playing. Be, yeah. He's on. He's on loan to. He's, he's playing for Stevenage, but he'll come back eventually. Sure, but the, the fact you copied him into a little anniversary <laughs> post. It didn't go down well with the gaffer. It seemed like I. It seemed like I preferred Jamie Reed. I was thinking of Jamie Reed. You were looking to get his validation. He did validate it. He did say happy anniversary. Um, What made you feel happier? Your reaction of your wife or Jamie Reed? (laughs) I think. Oh look, Jamie's (laughs) replied. There was no happiness attached to it. You're making it worse for yourself. (laughs) Um, But I'm not the only one. No, no, we've had quite a few, haven't we? I got married on the fifth of May, 1973, as a Sunderland fan. I spent a lot of the time at the wedding reception in the bar with mates watching the match. Not surprisingly, the marriage didn't last. 
dear, there we um, are. What else? My first Valentine's with my now wife. While she had a shower after work and I made a romantic meal, I answered the front door to accept some flowers that some other bloke had sent her. I removed this card, claimed the gift as my own, then made her, a gooner, watch the Tottenham game, says Jake. <laughs> so there we are, romance is dead. While courting my wife in the mid-80s, I found it awkward performing under Brentford FC's floodlights, <laughs> which shone straight into her bedroom. <laughs> Fair enough. You also mentioned, Charlie, about taking your... Uh, was it your daughter or your son who was in the first game when they were four? Oh, yeah, when, when she was four, yeah, yeah. We took her to Oxford United v Coventry City and... Uh, Oxford score and everyone went mad and then she went yeah she went yay can we go home now must have all cheered thought that was it well on on that very similar subject uh, of uh, it was Darren who said he's in Shoreham he said I took my daughter to her first football match got us all steak pies my daughter sat with hers on her on her lap then about 20 minutes in she turned to me and said daddy when can we throw the pies at them (laughs) (laughs) she thought the only reason you got a pie at the football was to throw it at the pies some places that's what you see in cartoons isn't it it's that pies to be shoved inside someone's face not to be eaten exactly that's just yeah. how it works isn't it have Very you watched um, any of I'm a Celebrity Paul I saw, I've seen bits and pieces of it yeah David Ginnell makes you sick doesn't he why is that just great looking guy yeah seems like a thoroughly nice he is a nice bloke, man he's been near a few times lovely fella yeah. you know and, and there he is cooking from all now you know yeah. an octopus turns up oh I know exactly what to do with this oh, makes yeah. this beautiful thing there's all flames flying yeah, everywhere fl- looking amazing flambe octopus pulls a garlic out of somewhere you know he's yeah. not had to do any of these eating tasks yet can't wait for him to get a sort of Something in his terrible jealousy. <laughs> Not jealous um, of him. He makes you sick. I mean, really, Andy's sorry, um, Big Alan Brazil's whole knowledge of what is and isn't in France is down to the chats when David would come into the studio. Oh, really? Yes. Well, they'd be looking at something in the papers today, and Alan would say, I've seen David. There's been this real outbreak of wasps in, in the UK where the weather's been quite strange. Do you have wasps in France, David? <laughs> <laughs> did a few of those out. He, so he basically everything he knows about France, yeah, the big lovely. man, he got from uh, yeah, yeah. you know of oxygen in France. <laughs> don't not quite that bad, but yeah, it was a little run of them. Little run of them he did. Yeah. Good luck to him. I think he's going to. Yeah, win. no, he's a good man. He's a lovely fella. Um, a quick one. Uh, Mark Carter tells us one year wedding anniversary, 2011. I took my wife to watch a pre-season friendly between Bournemouth and Cardiff lovely, City. Lovely. While on a weekend away down there, I thought it would um, while away the time before we went out for a nice meal in the evening. <laughs> while away, well, well, while away yeah, the time on the romantic. Kill a bit, just kill a bit of dead time on a romantic break, says Mark. Thank you for that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Day. Podcast. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Quite a find from our next guest. Yeah, this is uh, yes, uh, hairdressers. And uh, he went in search of some cinema-style chairs to spruce up his establishment. Lovely. And went off to a, a local junk shop and picked up some ones that he was going to do up, mm. you know, restore. Yeah. Let him take up the story. It is uh, Sean Birch. Good afternoon, hey, Sean. Sean. Hiya, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah good. we're good. We like this story, so we'll let you we'll let you un, un, unfold the story from this point. So uh, you go and you get these chairs, you strike a deal, you get them back. The upcycle, I believe, is the uh, that's term. what they call yeah, them. Yeah. And then you set to work on uh, taking them, restoring them to their original finish. What happens next? Well, um, being the typical Yorkshireman that I am, not wanting to spend a great deal of money, <laughs> um, it was my son which found some um, swing-back chairs, chairs very much like cinema chairs. Um, um, so we wanted some for for um, a shop we were relocating to. Um, so I went down, purchased them, just rusty um, um, metal bases, um, and they were padded. Um, they had a blue vinyl with a pad on the seat and a pad on the back. So um, I realised that they were wood underneath, so I started to strip them. And... Um, Names started to reveal themselves on, on the back of the um, the backrests of the chairs. Um, it, it wasn't apparent to me at first what they were and where they were from. Um, little did I, I realise that on the on the castings of the chairs, they had LFC on, which was Leeds Football Club. Wow. Um, um, and it was by completeness of default that I came across. I came across the Leslie Silver um, mm. um, back first, Um for people that don't really know Leslie Silver, he was the director that got Howard Wilkinson to come to Ellen Road, um, who went on to to win the championship and then, then you know, what would have been the old first division then, now the premiership. Um, purchasing Cantona, McAllister, Strachan, mm. Speed, fantastic team. Um, so that was a great surprise. Um, but one particular morning, I was... Um, I was having to put masking tape over these names, which were on the back. Mm. Some of them were, were, were stuck on, um, depending, and, and some, some were hand-painted. Um, left this masking tape on when I went and stripped the, um, the backs of the chairs. And there was only one particular chair where I couldn't get the masking tape back off. So I ended up pulling the masking tape off, and it pulled the name off, which was under the masking tape. And... Um, Don Revy's name was revealed. Wow. wow. So that was his seat in the director's box, was it, when he sat up there? I'm, I'm assuming so, because um, uh, when 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 these were put in, which was when um, Ellen Road was first, was, was first built, uh, the only seats would have been director's seats. The rest of it would have been Alteriston. Yeah, that's amazing. It's fantastic. So, so you... I'm not quite sure whether whether it was a director's seat or mm. they had the manager's seats down at the bottom, which were, which were you know the same cast iron. Right. I'm not okay. quite sure. Um, yeah. Are you a Leeds fan, Sean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so oh, wow. so you, this was this was this was a real fantastic find for you. You you knew who these people were. You didn't need to research them. That's right. Wow. And and um, 
you know, there's, there's, there's a few directors' names um, from the 1950s. So, you know, and a huge amount of um, very, 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 very important um, names through the industry of Leeds. Um, these were these were directors which which had um, factories and 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 engineering companies and you know. And the foundation of Leeds Finance was, was on the back of an awful lot of these people, and it goes over about four generations. So, wow. so you're going to, I mean, these are going up for auction now. I mean, you've, you've done away with the idea. It's going to look a bit They're weird. Not in the shop. Going in the barbers and have, sitting in Dom Revy's chair. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think people would want to do that, though. I mean, I just, but you, you're, you're going to sell them, is that right? I've got five visiting directors' chairs in the shop still. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Lovely. The were originally to have, these swing back chairs um, mm. as waiting chairs. So that's what I, I did. Um, I I, um, I went back to the shop and literally bought the whole lot once I realised what they were. Yeah, didn't and, tell them. Um, <laughs> so, so, so there's 18 backs to the chairs which are going to auction on yeah. the 15th of December um, at Tenants in Leyburn in Yorkshire. Right. And what are they expected to go for? What are they? Th- I mean, what have the what have the the people valuing it said they think? I mean, I imagine the Dom Revy chair especially would be quite sought after, wouldn't it? Yeah, the reserve is um, between two and three thousand. Oh, wow. wow. um, turned down four thousand for the chair. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't fully know. Um, you know how much they're going to be, um, but they need to be out there. Um, there's no point in them being stuck in a garage at home. Yeah. Um, I can't do anything with them really, and. I'd really, really hope that maybe some of the more important names um, would would go somewhere where people could actually see them. I mean, in years yeah. to come, you go into a junk shop, you see a blue bucket, you're going to know who that is, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> doesn't even it? use a chair, does he? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm manufacturing some at the moment. <laughs> yeah, jackpot. Well, Fantastic. what a find. When you went back, when you went back to, uh, to buy some more from this junk shop, it didn't ring any alarm bells with a fella, no. did it? Hold on a minute. Yeah, piling them in the back of the car, and the car weighted down, going up a huge hill. Yeah, the 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 the, the, um, the, the chairs had been had been put in a big service pit in a warehouse in Leeds. Wow! So there would have been a refurbishment done at Ellen Road at some point, yeah. possibly in the nineteen eighties. So we would have said to the contractors that were doing the job, you know, you need to clear everything out, and they must have had some place to dump them, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. The building was due to be demolished, so, you know, um, the construction company went in, um, and the guy that had the junk shop must have known maybe someone which worked at the company, yeah. and, and, and he moved them on to, to that shop. Jo- yeah. Job lot of stuff, yeah. What fantastic. What's the name of your shop, um, Sean? Well, I've got two. I've got... Um, I'm, I'm residing at the moment in my lady's salon, which is Birch and Co., um, mm. and... Um, my barber shop, where where the seats are, where you can see them now, is Penny Bank Barbers. It used to be um, a former Yorkshire bank, so um, right. we called it the Penny Bank Barber Shop because the Yorkshire bank was a penny bank. So oh. yeah, if you want to go and sit in those chairs, put your yeah. camel hair coat on, just like the old Leeds directors. Yeah. Get up Have there to and turn sit into Ellen Road Barbers. I would have thought, yeah. you know, or, I don't know, <laughs> more of a Leeds Reeves Barbers. Yeah, I mean, well, some... we've, we've, um, it's, it's quite quite bespoke. Is is the barber shop, and um, we've got. Um, We've got quite a few Leeds United memorabilia in there. Yeah. Um, some of them, I think, are from the. Uh, we've got some bricks which are, which the mirrors are mounted on, um, and I'm led to believe they might have come out of the um, Rhinos in um, 
the urinals um, in 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 um, at Ellen Road. So, oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, they've had a rinse off. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's good to hear before you before you go. Anyway, good to talk to you. John. What a great story. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Who do you think I am? Which drops, I believe the kids say, on Audible oh, today. Yeah. Uh, Mark Steele. Hi, Mark. Yes, yes. Very well. Oh, I love the fact that it's dropping. It's like, dropping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like I'm Skepta, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this was a stand-up show you did, uh, and Charlie wasn't aware of your story till the other day, and sent it, put it on our kind of WhatsApp group. Said, "Have you seen Mark Steele's story?" <laughs> but it is an amazing story, and uh, we don't give everything away. But um, just kind of briefly tell us what "Who Do You Think I Am" is about. So, I was adopted. Was never particularly interested. Knew I was adopted all the while I was a kid. My parents were great with that. You know, there was no. I always say there was no great moment where. I was like, you get in the soap operas where you're sat on a chair really? at the age of four. Mummy and Daddy have got something very yeah, yeah. important <laughs> to tell you. You're special. Mm. You were chosen, not like the other boys and girls, yeah. that, that their mummies and daddies have to keep them even if they hate them. <laughs> you, it wasn't that. So I always knew, and I had no interest until I had a son of my own. As ever cheesy this sounds, it is the truth. I, I just thought, ah, she won't remember me after all this time, the woman who had me. Uh, didn't pay any attention to it, not interested. And then I thought, oh, yeah, you probably do remember having a child, don't you? Mm, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's quite a big thing. It's quite yeah. a big yeah. thing. Yeah. Not many people ever wander around the co-op and go, did we used to have a son? <laughs> uh, so, so it occurred to me I should find her. I wasn't particularly messed up about it or anything like that, but I did think I should try and find her. And that set in motion this elaborate nonsense that, you know, and I'd sort of lose interest after six months, thinking, oh, I've written to various people and can't find her. And after 12 years went by, and eventually wow. this very efficient woman called Ariel was now on the telly doing this sort of thing. It's brilliant. And she, uh, I had enough bits of information, mm. and she said, oh, I think we've got enough here, Mark, that we can jolly well find her. And so uh, she, she found her in Rimini in Italy, yeah. where she'd been living for about 40 years, sent a letter, and she had no interest at, at all uh, in, in talking to me. But she did say, when this woman rang her, she said, uh, and then she said, I have three questions, mm. which sounds... Okay, yeah. Like some sort of peculiar Indiana Jones type thing. Yeah. But I have three questions. And the first question was, does he have any children of his own? And I, I said, yes, he has a son, he has a daughter. And the second question was, uh, what does he do? And I said, well, he's a comedian. And then the third question, I can promise you, Mark, I've never heard such a question in all the years I've been performing this role. She said, his third question was, what are his politics? <laughs> Strange question to ask. Yeah, yeah. And so I said, "If only you were political." Yes. Yeah. Well, she said, "She said, well, I said, well, I think he's somewhat on the left." And then, and then, um, and then before the, she said, but "I've had one more thing to say before I put the phone down. Let me tell you the name of the father." Wow. And she gave the name of the father, and so I researched sort of the, the name of my father, and it turns out it was a multi-millionaire world backgammon champion who was best <laughs> friends with Lord Luke. Amazing. <laughs> and uh, wow. so I sort of pursued this, and uh, I ended up. Find him. Uh, not Lord Lucan. Not Lord Lucan. Well, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Brilliant comic mind. Is that right now? I'm, I'm Sorry, got, Mark. I've got, no, no, it's Have great. It's exactly the right thing. I've got a mate who I told about it that night. I thought it was amazing. He said, well, it'd be easy to find your dad now. You've yeah. just got to find Lord Lucan. And you've got him. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Of course, that's what any, anyone should think. Wow. So I... Uh, uh, 
so then eventually we we met up in Mayfair. Uh, now he was part of the Claremont Club, so he wasn't just any multi-millionaire. Right, yeah. He was part of the Claremont Club, which was the club set up the first gambling club set up in Britain when the gambling laws changed and gambling clubs. And that recent like, Luke and documentary is kind of in people's conscious. They know a bit more about it now, exactly, don't they? Than they did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, there's been a number of them, mm. uh, and but the club itself was fascinating. Like I read one. Uh, a brilliant quote from one of the coppers who was investigating the uh, the the Lord Lucan, uh, the murder of which mm. Lord Lucan was sort of at the at the heart, and he said the the Claremont Club people, uh, as far as they were concerned, he ha- uh, what Lord Lucan had done wasn't anything really terrible, such as voting Labour. Blimey! So, <laughs> that was a quote from one of the coppers. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. Now I think I'm pleased to say that. I don't think my dad was actually really involved in the politics of that from what I could make mm. out at all. I think he just liked to make a lot of money right. uh, and have a laugh. Uh, and he was sort of known as the as the comic one. And in fact, there's someone, quite a prominent wealthy person, Mr Charles Sarchi. I, so someone someone I... I no, I've got a good mate who who bumped in bumps into Charles Sarchi. Strangely enough, I've mates who are in those circles. <laughs> and he... Uh, he, he and so he mentioned my dad's name to him, didn't say in what context. And uh, and Charles Sarchi said to him, oh, yeah, always trying to be a comedian. That was his trouble. Wow. And it does seem that, like, everyone he spoke to, he was guy, oh, he was always trying to make jokes. Wow. You know, and all the others would be trying to talk about serious things yeah. about, you know, how we're going to overthrow the Labour government of 1974 or something. And he'd be wanting to crack a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really that done me yeah, in. Because yeah. It can't be a coincidence no. that this is he's just, that was his sort of that was his shtick. Was and you've be, done something. You've for the new Audible series. You've kind of you've looked into his story a little bit more. You've done sort of more work on it. And well, it. yeah, in, in a number of ways. I mean, also uh, uh, yes, as far as he's concerned, because uh, he left Egypt. Mm. He was a uh, uh, born in raised in Egypt. Okay, and so I. Th- and then I thought, oh, right, well, there must be a reason why uh, he came over, why his family came over when he was very young to England. And so it then becomes fascinating because there were uh, th- tens of thousands of Jewish people living in Egypt in the 1950s. And then they all seemed to, almost all of them left mm. between about 50, after the Suez, 56, and about 1959 because the Egyptian regime became really gruesomely anti-Semitic and it, you know, it would um, uh, they had quite a penchant for Hitler, which is, oh. you know... I mean, I, History shows... On the wrong side. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm quite liberal about these things, but yeah. you've got to draw the line somewhere. So, they, <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. If you were Jewish in the in the 1950s and living in Egypt, and your regime started talking favourably about Hitler, you'd get out. You'd get out. Mm, yeah, and uh, there was pogroms and all sorts of this, all sorts of things. So he must have been part of that. So I, but it was not easy to find any of this stuff out. Not least of which because no. he's sort of he's been very polite. But he's still he's, alive. Yeah, he's very much yeah. still alive. He's got a daughter, a younger daughter, who had when he was 60, who's a supermodel, who wow. was going out with Liam from One Direction. <laughs> and they were right. This is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about this one? It just so, goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, every time a, a, a something of this story, like when somebody popped up in this story and they were just someone who just sort of worked 
for the town hall or something. Yeah. I thought, oh, because I was so used to anyone who popped up, I'm thinking, yeah. oh, that'll probably turn out to be Barack Obama. Yeah. But it was, uh, <laughs> it was, um, uh, yeah, she, he had a daughter who was a supermodel. Yeah. And she was going out with Liam. And so there were a load of articles, I think three years ago in the papers, a load of articles because they were sort of seen holding hands and walking around Italy and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And then there were all these stories going like Liam's Lord Luke and Link and all that sort of thing. That's another uh, bit of alliteration. So now when, whenever you see Lord <laughs> Luke and now, you know, you might be able to do, do a little bit of digging and find yes. find some family history. In yeah, there. yeah, 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 exactly. Amazing. Well, this was the oddest picture. What about this is really was tricky. <clears throat> so th- there was one article in The Sun that someone alerted to me and it's sort of had all this stuff and pictures of her and then it said uh it said joe my my biological father's uh, name joe uh joe has got four other children apart mm. from the, this supermodel and i thought oh they've got that wrong because there's three others and not four and it mentioned the other three and then of course it mentioned me it said that wow. the comedian mark Steele oh, has wow. been revealed to be his illegitimate illegitimate <laughs> son and i thought Oh yes, I forgot there's me. And then, <laughs> and then there was a picture of there was a picture of the supermodel with Liam, mm. and then a picture of Lord Lucan, and then a picture of me. <laughs> me oh, fantastic! Oh yeah, that's a nice. Have you met the nice siblings? Have you, have you met all the clan now? Have you met? No, no. See, he's well. Mm. Now there's a thing. Mm. They live out in California in Beverly Hills and right. all that in a house. They did. They were living in a house they bought off Luther Vandross for forty oh, million. For goodness' sake, <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. I know. If so I was amazing. listening to this, I'd think, "Oh, I'm not listening to Talksport anymore." Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, utter, utter he's having them on. Just now, what? Oh, then it turns out my uncle was a zebra. He's just making things up. Just make, making things up with an almost prime ministerially land. Yeah. So I, I um, so. Yeah. I, I thought no, well, I, uh, uh, you know that's that's obviously uh, uh, I'm gonna got to try and get in touch with him, inform him about this. And he was always very polite, but and and more than polite, actually, very sort of kind. You know, yeah. And when we met, he was funny. He was really, I really liked him. He was funny. Like the first thing, first when we met, the first thing he said. But it's the first time that I I'd heard any words from either my mother or father apart from when I was you know the first three days, and he just. We, we stood up, I walked yeah. in this cafe, and there he was, and his opening line to me was, I've got a lot of meetings today. This is the most awkward. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then once again for the birthday spread, that point of the show where Andy Jacobs uh, rounds up ten birthdays from the week, and it's the job of myself and Charlie to try and guess how old those people are. A few of them will know. Some of them we won't, I think it's fair to say, so it'll be just educated uh, guesses. Um, as we guess the birthdays, of course, we'll be years out. We're bound to be, apart from Charlie gets quite a lot dead on. Slightly suspicious, but we'll, we'll park that there. In, not so in any way we will. I we, promise you, we promise will, you I do not cheat. We will, and I know, Charlie, I'm only kidding. Just trying to get inside your head. We know we know we're going to be out a few years out, and there's a margin of error that will build. And the one that's the least years out with the shortest margin of error after ten birthdays is the winner. Um, Jeff Peters will tell us uh, what the standings are currently. But uh, Charlie had two wins. I managed to nick one last week, mm. so Charlie's looking to get back in the saddle yeah, today. Get into it. Get into it. Good afternoon, Andy. Initially. Good afternoon, boys. I've had to tear myself away from the cricket highlights. So yeah, I've got long. Sure you <laughs> but you're watching them on a loop, aren't you? You can't wait. Love no, it, it's isn't great, it? isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff Peters, is he in his nerve centre or not? Oh, yeah, is that phone again? Yeah, get the phone. Get the phone. Um, 
so the latest scores uh, yeah. Paul leading Charlie 11 6 wasn't a classic last week 106 no. points to 73 Quite poor quality yeah yeah um, but the spread was the, <laughs> blame, was the winner. I, I blame Barry Gordy last week. You blame me, yeah, Barry. Barry. Everyone knows who Barry Gordy is. Well, look, Andy, Andy can set the, the, however he likes. You know, we can't argue with him. Well, so, Bernard, Bernard Copps and Victoria Malova and uh, and Sir Graham Dingle kind of did for you last week. Yeah. <laughs> Just some of the names that did for you last yes. week. Marvellous. OK, um, Charlie, you can go first or second. I will go you? second, please. OK, and I'll, I'll lead off then. Charlie's decided I'll lead off. Off. And uh, Andy, uh, here's Pele. I'll make Pele get well soon, Pele. Oh, yeah, get well soon, Pele. And uh, the first birthday this week is the actress Marisa Tomei. Marisa Tomei. Yeah. And she's just formed a comedy double act with Paul Chuckle. It's going really well, but they're still searching for a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Marisa Tomei. Who's going Tomei. first? It's me going first. Uh, I'm on first. Uh, I, I know who she is, don't you? I think I My do. My cousin Vinny. She's great in that, wasn't she? So, yeah, yeah, telly yeah. over the years. I'm thinking the right one, aren't I? Oh, well. Yeah. Um, she's got to be about 58. Yeah, you're around the right. What do you reckon, Charlie? In the right, in the right ballpark. 60. 57. Oh, there we are. Well done, Paul. Wow, Very that? good. What's that done to the scores there, uh, Jeff? Uh, Paul, you are one out. Charlie, you are three out, so it's one place three. Place three, there we are. So pretty tight. Charlie, a lead-off will go all, all, uh, alternately until the 10th, really. Yes. OK, it's the uh, figure skater, world champion, four times, two-time Olympic gold medalist, Katerina Witt. Katerina oh, yes. Witt. And uh, she's been researching British comedy characters for a thesis on Mr. Grimsdale. <laughs> like a bit of Witt and Wisdom. <laughs> Vit and wisdom. Vit and wisdom. Vit and wisdom already. Katarina Vit. Yeah. Are you deflating? They're young, aren't they? They're young, aren't they? Katarina Vit. 45. I would have said she's in her 40s. 43. No, surprisingly, 56. Wow. Wow, we. I know. Evens it up. Yeah, maybe she she looked young when she was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, gosh. Do the ice shows now, does she? Dick Whittington on ice. She's do them. Remember the ice shows? <laughs> yeah, please, you put the Whittington. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember the. <laughs> do you remember Dick the ice? Whittington. Dick Whittington. Yeah, she could do that, couldn't she? Do you remember them, Charlie? The yeah, ice show. Lovely. Yeah, used to go from our shows. flats when I was yeah. a kid. Oh, was it? Yeah, people killed. What did yeah. you see on ice? Dick Whittington, Dick. obviously. Yeah. Uh, Cinderella. You just go after oh, the lovely. Empire, Paul Wembley. Watch oh, yeah. the other show every How year. did they do the glass slipper on ice? I don't know. Just, I was only about five. Oh, okay. I, just, I, okay. I just remember being sick on the coach. <laughs> but anyway, we'll move on. Um, so, Emma, what's the scores, Jeff? Did the coach mind? No, nice, to, <laughs> <laughs> nice to have some wit on the birthday spread. Nice. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, <laughs> I, I, <ooh. laughs> I, I can feel Andy's fingers tight in WhatsApp going. Finding Mimo. Yeah. Uh, so, Paul, you're 13 out you move on to 14 mm. Charlie is 11 out he moves on to 14 oh what a good game 14 all back to me then Andy okay uh, happy birthday to the former Prime Minister of Japan uh, Yoshida Sugar Yoshida Sugar wow and we were doing a pottery class together and he wanted me to take my stuff out of the kiln because it was ready <laughs> Sugar said to me Andy you're fired <laughs> <laughs> Yoshida oh, Sugar God. I haven't got a clue have you Charlie not a clue this could be. I mean, this Not could. This could make again. This could be it. Quite but then, volatile. But then you know, you know, I play this game, Paul. So. Yeah. 
Ishida Sugar. The president or prime minister, did you say, Andy? Former prime minister of Japan. I haven't got his days, his years. His days, he lives there longer than he does. I don't know. (laughs) 70. 70. I haven't got a clue, Charlie. It's a really tough one, Andy. No years, you just gave us former... Yeshida Sugar, former only, prime minister. Could be 100. Could be 100. Could, could be, be 33. Don't think she's 30 or he's 30. Okay. <laughs> well, that doesn't help either, does it? <laughs> okay, Yeshida Sugar. Mm. Oh, it's not a woman. What did you say, Paul? I said I said 70. What do you think? 68. Okay. 73. Oh, well done. so we didn't do too bad. I agree, bad. it could have been anything. That was volatile. Very yeah, good. How do you get on at home, folks? Tell us. Oh, That's very not good. Not bad, not yeah. bad. Similar. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Mm. Sweet. The, four, oh, oh, we need some scores. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, sorry, Jeff. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. She's nominally a competition. Sweet guessing there. Paul, three out onto 17. Yeah. Charlie, five out onto 19. Here we go. Go on, Andy. Okay, the former Labour MP, Dame Anne Begg. Dame Anne mm, Begg. And she's involved in an acquisitions company with the former England cricket legend David Steele and ex-Coventry defender Brian Borrows. They'll do anything to raise the funds required. Oh, there they are. Good. That's very good. She ain't, she ain't too proud, is she? Oh, she ain't too proud. That's Dame really Anne no. Begg. <laughs> Dame Anne Begg. And what were her... Did you say what her years were, Andy? You didn't, do did you, again? No, just as former Labour MP. Oh, she's former Dame, Dame Anne she's, she's Dame Anne. Dame Anne. So, she's got to be mm, uh, Dame so, Anne. Beg. Friends of Sir Johnny Weaver, of course. Oh, yeah. thank you. Someone sent me a Sir Johnny Weaver T-shirt yeah, you should thank this week. Me. Thank you very much. I'm going to wear it on the Christmas Eve show. <laughs> lovely. It's a lovely That's thing. Ridiculous. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for the Johnny Weaver T-shirt. I will find out your name yeah. and give you full uh, credit when yeah. I get wear it. Thank you so much. Uh, Dayman Beg, I'm going to say, is 78. That's good. I'm going to go 80. 66. Oh, this is a tight game. It is a tight game, yeah. And um, what's that done to the scores, Jeff? Not very good, is it? Well, it's 31 plays 31. Amazing. Oh, okay. Well, okay. In terms of the competition, the guessing not stunning. But anyway, uh, it's me taking you in a half-time first. Andy. Okay, you'll know this one. It's the comedian Stan Boardman. And, uh, yeah, we were doing a local pub quiz together when the question came up, who won the World Cup in 2014 but lost it in 1966? And surprisingly, Stan didn't know the answer. Oh, uh, oh, okay. I'm with you. Yes, you're no Stan's act, and, and yes, I'm, uh, yes, there we are. Um, okay, uh, Stan Boardman. That, were you googling no, it? No, 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 no. It's on his phone. I wasn't. <laughs> 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 it's Wikipedia. Stan Boardman. I wasn't. How do you spell Boardman? Um, I'd say um, he's got to be Stan. He's got to be eighty. I think, yeah, if he's famous in the 80s, and that's about 40 years ago, isn't yeah. it? The 80s. So, yeah, I think you're about, I'm going to say 78. 84. Oh, wow, he's wearing well. Clearly. Very good. Very good. So, it's going to half time, and what's the scores? Well, it's slightly better than it was at the halfway stage last year, uh, last week when it was 50 54, but there's two in it. Yes. It's Paul on 35, Charlie on 37. 35 37. Okay, very delicately poised. We're going to half time. Not bad at all. Can Charlie roar back and get a victory, making it uh, three out of four? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Here's Pele again. Charlie's going to lead this one off. Andy. Yes, yeah, breaking news from Bob in our broth. He's on 24. Oh, well, well done, Bob. Well, well done, Bob. Me. That is impressive. Yeah. Impressive, isn't it? Okay, it's the uh, f- uh, first birthday of the second half. The first female board member of the Football Association from 2011 to 17, 
Dame Heather Rabatz. Dame Heather Rabatz. Yeah. And uh, I saw her whole family shopping in Tesco. I said to the manager, you've got more rabbits than Saints. That's good. There it is. That's a great gag. That'll yeah. keep them coming back. It will. That's it. Just as you <laughs> thought they were drifting off. They'll come back for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I knew she was. Heather Rabatz. Uh, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Is your phone just going off, Jeff? That's one for long-term listeners. Long-term. Okay. <laughs> for the OGs, oh, yes, of course. The yeah, OGs. Yeah. yeah. Dame Heather Rabatz. Yeah. 63. Completely wrong, is it? Paul? No, no, Looking no, at me no like that's, that's a pretty decent wrong. guess. That's a pretty decent guess. Um, six, I'll go 60. Ah. Uh, 66. Oh, wow, okay, clickety-click. Fair enough. Um, what's, what's that done to the scores, Jeff? It's changed it a little bit, Paul. Mm. Six out onto 41. Charlie, three out onto 40. Oh, uh, Charlie in the lead. What a ding-dong do. Oh, oh wow, way. Yeah, used to say. Yeah. Tight, um, tight, tight. Yeah. What do you think, then? Okay. Hey, next one. Yes, the uh, historian, writer and broadcaster, professor of early modern history at the Queen Mary University of London, Amanda Vickery. Amanda Vickery. <laughs> And uh, Amanda was on the same pub quiz team as me and Stan Borman, but she was absolutely hopeless. She didn't answer one question. By the end, we were calling her Dim Vickery. Hey! Hello. Oh, lovely. A bit harsh. Um, I'd, I'd say... Please. <laughs> can, can you say her name again, please? Amanda Vickery, her name is. Amanda Vickery, historian. Historian. Uh, it's quite a youngish name, Amanda, isn't it? I mean, you can... I'd, you know, it's... Mandy is. You know, there's no Dame Anne. <laughs> Um, Amanda, it's me first, isn't it? Yes, you. Okay, yeah. right. Um, Amanda kiss and hug, of course, is the uh, Simpsons. Yes. I need yeah. Amanda kiss and hug. Oh, hug and kiss, isn't it? But it doesn't well, matter. It's not, I don't I don't know. It doesn't matter, Paul. Does it? Who cares yeah. about no one how cares jokes about work? No one cares during the birthday spread. <laughs> it's literally your job, Charlie. I, I certainly it's don't. Literally your job. <laughs> um, uh, I'd say she is sixty-four. Hmm. You reckon? 55. Oh. 59. Oh, right in the middle, isn't right it? Right in the middle. Right yeah, middle. I thought I was yeah, done well yeah. there, but... It, it, just Charlie's rudimentary knowledge of maths thought he was, he'd done very well there, and I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that done in the scores, Jeff? Well, he, he did slightly better than you. Okay. He was four out, you're five yeah. out. So Paul, 46. Charlie, 44. Two in it, three to go. 46, 44. Charlie, you need What a game this is. Okay. It's the cricketer and umpire, Peter Willey. Peter Willey. Yeah. And uh, Peter was batting in a charity cricket match between an old England eleven and Arsenal Football Club when Rob Holding took <laughs> the bowling for the Gunners. Yeah, oh, of course yeah. he did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Is it me? Yes. Oh, gosh. It's you, Peter Willey. Peter Willey. How yeah. old is Peter Willey? Peter Willey is 68. He's probably a bit younger than that. Oh, 63. No. no, he's 72, Peter Willis. Really? Mm, yes. I just the thing, the thing wasn't that he is. He's not making it up. I think he was is that. he really? I just yes. Don't, I don't remember him being that old. <laughs> I don't I know, either. That's I the know. thing, Paul. You know, we could do with him out there now, really. Could be worse than the Get ones on a we've plane, got. Peter, for goodness sake. It's like the wild <laughs> geese. Get them all over yeah. there. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's, out, he's outside my front door. He's waving. Yeah. Uh, right, so you're nine out. Willie will be warmer. So nine out, Paul. Yep. So you move on to 55. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Charlie, four out, is on to 48. Seven in it, Ooh. two to go. Okay, Paul go to go first, first. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Okay, I've got information on this, and I don't know this person. It's the writer and journalist, June Didion. You're going to have Joan, to say it. Joan Didion. Joan Didion. Yeah. Joan Didion. Yeah. Didion. Joan Didion. Oh, I don't the only know. thing I know about Joan is that there's a copy of her self-help book in every hotel room. I swear by Didion's Bible. I'm sure you do, yes. I, Charlie had this look on his face. He knows who Joan Didion is, don't you? Charlie. Am I do? Yeah. <laughs> he had this big, big smile. I don't know exactly <laughs> who she is. Big but... smile. Um, 84. Go on, Charlie. Say she's 28. No, she's not 28. I'm just trying to work out. Oh, well, I think you're about. I think you're about spot oh, on there, okay. Paul. I wow. think you're very, very close. She's sort of that big in the 60s set. Oh. There's, a, there's a documentary on it on Netflix. Oh, what about that? In that sort of California set. She's oh, big in that. So Charlie's I'm going to say 85. Wow. 87. Good yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I got I got lucky there because I didn't have a clue. No, you did well, Paul. So, Jeff, as we go into the last one, it's delicately poised, isn't it? it? Very delicately poised. Three out, Paul. So you're on to 58. Charlie, two out. He's on to 50. There is eight in it. And Charlie leads off to stop mm. any S-housery uh, of him just saying one out. And I've, got, I've got two names. I've got a tie break, actually, this week, which I'm going to need. So, but... Right. Uh, I, which one should I do? I don't know. All right, I'll go with this one. Yes. Uh, it's the playwright and a Nobel Prize winner in literature, 2019, Peter Hankey. Peter Hankey. <laughs> and I invited him over here to put on one of his plays. He wrote me a really condescending letter turning me down. I thought, there's no need to be so snotty, Hankey. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, was you? No, no. What were the, what were the same with the dates? No, so 2019, he won an award, didn't he? You said Peter Hankey. And what was the award? Peter Hankey. Yeah. What did he win, Andy? Nobel Prize. Oh, okay. Right. Nobel no. Prize. Uh, not is a it, bad is prize. Is it Peter Hanker? <laughs> is it Peter what? Okay. Uh, uh, hang on. Before you carry <laughs> that on, that doesn't work. Got a bit of a steward. What's what's his name, Jeff? Well, could be Peter Hanker. Peter Hanker. Yeah, H A N D. Snotty Hanker. What's a snotty Hanker, Andy? He's a are DJ. You, are you making? Are you just making up names? Okay. For, <laughs> names for people so you can do gags. You can't do all that. Right, let's, all right, let's. Joke about Hanker. I might be wrong on this. I don't know. Oh. You've said it. You've said it now. We're going to have to go for it. Uh, we can't change it. Well, I can do. I know his brother Paul. If you want Paul Hanker. Oh yeah, he's he's, he did it his way. Yeah, he did it his way. Yeah. Okay, go on then, Charlie. Peter Hanker slash Hanker. Eight. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go 70. I'm, I'm going to go... I might as well go for the tie break. No, we won't do that. 78, I'm going to go 69. 69. He is, in fact, 79. Oh, Charlie has Bang. done enough. Charlie has done enough Bang. to win a very Happy tight with that. game. 51 is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, what were the final scores, Jeff? Just uh, tell us. Well, you, you, you were 54 at the halfway point last year. Uh, <laughs> last, last year, I keep saying. Last week. Um, you finished on 51, Charlie. Uh, Paul on 68. So it's a third win in four yeah. for Charlie. And he's closed the gap to 11-7. And, uh, well, I can, I, can feel the, I can feel the tears from Rushton as we speak. He, won't, yeah. he, won't be, he doesn't like it. Charlie's yeah. quite good at this. He really oh. bothers him. <laughs> it, no, it seriously does. Uh, Bob in our bros. Has he got 57? Oh, well done. So, yeah, uh, that's yeah. brilliant. But not enough to beat uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Burrows has texted me. He's oh. outraged. He yeah. said, what a chance that was for immortality when I went with Brian Burrows. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it was. It was a chance. Anyway, Andy, I'll catch up with you tomorrow. 
Okay, thanks You're very much. You are coming in, aren't you? You didn't sound too sure. <laughs> All right. No, I okay, you'll be too. Still... It's not too much trouble. <laughs> so uh, I'm still seething about Jeff correcting my pronunciation. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, oh, lovely. Yeah. Expect expect a quite a fiery email. That'll be in the that's DVD a, yeah, extras. That'll be in the memo. That in the documentary they make about um, the birthday spread in about 40 years' <laughs> Don't time. Hold your breath. That'll be uh, yeah. That'll, that'll be, be in the moment. <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jeff. As always. Thank you very much. Please. Don't send me a horrible memo. Oh, actually, you know, I love you. See that? It's quivering, wasn't it? See, quivering. You sounded just because England are rubbish at cricket. I'm not being nasty to people. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Um, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Andy's with me from one. Charlie, you're back on Tuesday. That's Tuesday with you and Saturday with Max uh, for Autobiography Wars. Autobiography Wars, which this week is. Elton John, the... You've forgotten, haven't you? Paul Merson. Paul Merson, there that's right. Are. Yeah, yeah. OK, uh, join us if you can tomorrow from one. If not, podcast available around four. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.